Are you ready to go? The Kingdom? Welcome to Okashi, a podcast anime with friends. I'm your host, Sabrina Ray, joined once again by my childhood bestie, Don. Don? Yo! Yeah! That's the energy that I have been asking for from the very beginning. Craving. Finally, yep. you're coming through. Finally, I'm bringing the heavy dude bro energy that you have desired. Oh my god, yeah. Are we in bro mode? Should I, should I put my baseball cap on backwards? Uh, I I think you're too far gone to ever participate in bro mode again. I'm actually I actually think that uh, as a woman I'm allowed to uh, put a baseball cap on backwards and then I'm officially like in stealth bro mode. I mean again. it depends upon how misogynistic we want to get into the whole bro ethos and I you know pathology. I actually think that a lot of times bro the bro ethos as you just referred to it is actually just an attempt by men who are sometimes not allowed by their peers or society to be more in touch with their feelings and share. And uh, sometimes that comes out in sort of a bro mode. I guess I, my concern about quote-unquote bro mode is that it often... <laughs> is that it's probably like a, a chemical? <laughs> like well, bromide? I think it, it tries to enforce conformity as well, I think. I mean, uh, uh, I'm not saying that there can't be enlightened bros. Um, there certainly can, but uh, I think we generally view the, the sort of bro activity as being not not as enlightened, not as opening and accepting and more uh, crude and sometimes rude. And maybe I'm making all this up, but that, that's been mine. I mean, the, the cliche version of that for me is like looking at something like Wolf of Wall Street, where you got Matthew McConaughey doing that like uh, throat singing, like at, at the restaurant with uh, sitting across from Leo, who's the, the, the titular Wolf of Wall Street. I never saw that. Should I just describe you, the whole you movie? You could, Jesus but Christ. Uh, you'd have to start from the beginning. You didn't see it? No, I, I think I'm being honest when I say uh, I did not. All right, all right, fair enough. But it's it's basically he's pump he's pounding his chest and going like, uh, da, da, da. that's real nice. It's, it's bros. Yes, that's bro code. That's that's a coded language of bros. I would say there's not a lot of bro activity happening in our episodes this week, though. Well, at least not in the first. Well, I don't one. know about that. I don't know. Not, well, this, not week. this week. Not this week. Certainly no, because this week's all about the ladies. Indeed, the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't really seem to get along. These ladies. No, uh, there's two different personalities at play here. It's very funny. This week's episode, I, I wrote it down as Prime Satoshi Kon. Many of his films deal with the idea of identity. A common theme explored in his films is the idea of identity, how we're perceived versus how we perceive ourselves, um, and it's probably most popularly exemplified in the film Perfect Blue, in which a former pop idol tries to overcome her squeaky clean image and get into more serious acting and performing 
uh, but finds resistance because everybody wants to see that other version of herself and escaping that proves to be incredibly difficult for her um, in a literal sense and in a figurative sense. So what we're seeing here is sort of like the same idea except two different identities of the same woman vying for control sort of like a dissociative personality conundrum like uh where like dominant personalities and uh, submissive personalities vie for control of one life sort of the the, the bro code the, the bro code version of that is fight club yes i suppose that would be the er version it would be the 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 apex or the nadir depending upon how you view uh, split personalities that being said, uh, the woman here is named Harumi, and her other personality is named Maria. Now, Harumi is Yuichi's tutor from episode two, or as we knew him, Ichi. And uh, she is a teaching assistant or a professor, a pro- uh, a, a, an assistant professor. And it seems like her role in the office is to do menial tasks like getting tea, things that um, would be beneath her i would think yeah no it this is definitely she does not have a high-powered role right and maria is the other side of that and she if 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 harumi is conservative and wears buttoned up like uh very like plain looking clothes maria is the wild one she's the immature one she's the one who is out there prostituting herself Uh, multiple times in one evening she dresses she wears garish makeup she wears costumes and slutty clothes and she's very much like it's very much feeling like as as you as the episode goes on and you sort of find out that that uh that harumi is going to get married it's very much for me and i don't know how you feel about this but it felt very much for me like it was sort of a battle between like the trad housewife and the like sort of wild child like liberated woman like and i don't think that it's the case where the show is saying that there's only those two things for a woman in japanese society but certainly like that kind of like struggle between like giving up your freedom in exchange for sort of that safe security that like easiness versus like sort of being on like the fringe of society and just living the way you want to like subscribing to society's like role for women versus like forging your own path or keeping away from that sort of thing what did you think about this whole thing because it was very interesting it was i think there were hints of um there were hints of something deeper like when um uh when the Maria, like, the phone, the the messages between the phone was not explained in the beginning, and then it becomes clear as you're watching, watching. But then when Harumi is speaking with her doctor, and her doctor says, yes. Maria is going away, and she's acting out because she recognizes that she's leaving, and she wants to have fun. So that implied to me, like, this is, this particular manifestation of Maria is new to um, uh, to Harumi, and it it hasn't always been like this. Like the the Maria Wildchild personality 
is it's more recently been behaving like this or you know th this has not been the status quo until recently i actually didn't get that but the, i i believe that's probably the case um what do you think then was the trigger that sort of like is causing maria to manifest more frequently more erratically um and why when when confronted with this wedding and the idea of Harumi settling down, does she seem to first go along with it, but then suddenly buck? Yeah, so that is and... that to me was the, the major question, because the understanding I had was the doctor was saying to Harumi that Maria's going to go, she recognizes she's going away, she wants to take pleasure in her last few, um, in her last existence, and she wants you to be happy and be less inhibited. Um, and Harumi yeah. herself, you know, leads a very sort of quiet, unassuming existence. Um, but then when a a Akihiko uh, proposes to her, which was, by the way, as proposals go, that was pretty terrible. Oh, yeah. I mean, it it felt like... It, it felt like he was just sort of like, do you want to get a coffee? I, I mean, it was bad. And also, you know, you... And part of this is the... There's no way to build the backstory here. Or there's not enough time, necessarily. But you it's not really I mean, clear... Not only was their proposal unsexy and unromantic, their wedding was also, like, the least... It was so perfunctory. Well, it was... Like, it was this was a very weird thing. Just, I wanted to ask you about this because... It's, it was like the equivalent of a Las Vegas wedding, except without yes. any of the excitement of Vegas. Yes, it was, it was like, here are the things you need to appear to be, to have been married happily. Or in a, <laughs> yes, in a, like an actual ceremony, an actual, like, this implies that you went through the big hullabaloo of getting married without actually having done those things or having the party or being excited. And there is an appeal to that on some level. Like, I think especially as I get older, like, maybe not as I get older, but, like, as as I've matured in my thinking, like, I do see weddings, big lavish weddings, as being kind of unnecessary expenditure, especially given, you know, uh, what you could spend it on I, instead. I think you are like speaking that. with the benefit of wisdom, hindsight, and experience um oh no i don't most, doubt that at all i don't I mean you I you completely you agree. had a marriage uh in the sense of like you had a ceremony and um <laughs> and you know most people want that they want it at least once and some people seem to want it more than one time but like once you've gone through the experience you realize like yeah that's a lot of fun but it's also a lot of effort and the older you get you're more like i, I may not need that i'm i'm getting married not because i mean i think there are some people who literally get married like they're there are stories of these bridezillas who for like the, the marriage itself is one of the most important elements. It's not just the fact that you are then married to this person. Like some, some people don't even seem to like their spouses, but here, I, I mean, you asked yeah. the question, why is it that we, that Maria doesn't go away? And I think had, if Akihiko had been, even slightly more interesting slightly like what sort of marriage is this like can you imagine yeah. those two even having sex like is that going to be interesting is that going to be fun like i it seems that harumi's dual nature 
and Maria sort of taking advantage and having fun, and the fact that she doesn't go away, but instead seems to manifest more. And Haromi gets the impression like, oh, I've been proposed to, like I'm able to move on, this will make me happier, therefore that's going to be a nail in the coffin of Maria, I can put away Maria's things, and that doesn't work like that at all. Um, I think it's a rebellion to the fact that what Harumi has chosen, in fact, does not allow her any outlet, it appears. Um, and I think the wedding yes. scene is actually the big the big tell to that, right? Weddings are supposed to be exciting and fun. And I, I remember, you know, walking you know, after getting married and walking down the aisle and seeing everybody in the, in the pews. Um, that was one of the most exciting, like, I, I remember just my heart filled with joy. And you don't really get the the implication that Harumi was feeling that at all um, in her marriage. No, I don't get that implication. In fact, I get the I get the feeling that, ha, that, that all throughout the episode they've been telling us that, or Maria has been accusing her of being the fake personality. But uh, I don't actually think there is a real personality. I think somewhere between the three, <laughs> when I say three, I mean there's another like version of Harumi that sort of like grabs onto her when she has her psychotic break. Um, and I call it a psychotic break because that's what it looks like. I don't know if clinically that's what she's going through at that moment, but uh, I think that, that somewhere in between this black and white world of like, I need to be this conservative trad housewife who who's just looking for someone to be on the other side of my sad little like lagoon boat and uh and just need someone to be in pictures with me who i could say hey i did this thing that everybody did and now i could just coast through the rest of my life versus like the person who wants like more from life wants to like experience lots of sexual partners wants to get out there and like i i think you're on to something there i mean Honestly, like, neither of them is real. Well, Harumi feels almost like a, a non-player character or, you know, a, a shadow of an actual person. Like, when does she manifest? The only time we see her manifesting sort of strong emotions is when she's fighting back against Maria. Is it possible, though, that she separated those parts of her that she was scared of or, um, like less she was she was intimidated by and they manifest now as their own personality instead of like you know like maybe when she was younger she like had both of them together but as she got older like suddenly the pressure to to be someone else's idea of this person she is overcame like her own urges and she tried to, and I mean, she literally tries to throw Maria away. It's like one of those bad horror movies where they like take the, the, the possessed doll and they take it to the graveyard and bury it. And then like the next day it shows up on the front step. Like it's that bad. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is, there's a lot of, a lot is made of like, of, Harumi bringing Maria's clothes and, in principle, her personality straight to the junkyard or to the, the trash heap, and then, uh, and then she snaps and, and then again, 
Mm-hmm. Um, Harumi finds herself trying to retrieve her own clothes and items from the trash heap. Like, there's a lot of... The, the, yeah. Um, Satoshi Kon makes a, just just does a lot with that struggle, and actually, I'm more we're we are trying to delve into more like how did this character come to be, as opposed to sort of recognizing just this is the the paranoia part or the really all this is inside um, Maria slash um, <clears throat> uh, Harumi's head, and so you know this struggle is all fake. It's it's not a real thing. Um, <laughs> And right. it's it's confusing people around him, and it's it's making Harumi the Harumi version very uncomfortable because, I mean, Maria could have in fact and does appear to have like slept with everybody, slept with the cab driver. It, did you think he, she slept with him? I wasn't it sure. Was, I thought she just meant that he had he had taken her previously to dump the clothes that she was not yet aware it's of. It's possible. Um, but that seems I don't I wouldn't put it past her to have slept with him. She seems there's she actually sends her like a, a photo That's right. of her with some guy, but I don't know if that was I couldn't anyone I, there we was had seen too, previously. Yeah, too much for me to go back and say was this the same character. But I thought it was I thought there was sort of an implication like yes, this is the same character because we see you know when she comes to she's holding the picture in her own room um or no, she's in yeah. um, Akihiko's office and then runs out, if I recall. And then she hops in a cab and the cab says, didn't I take you somewhere? But I I think it was this, the psychic break from previously. So what do you make about this break? I mean, the, the real question that we need to circle back to is Lil Slugger and how, you know, obviously the seed is planted in Harumi that by Yuichi who mentions that he sort of like was liberated by he was free sluggers attack he was liberated from his his burden of being accused of being little slugger by having little slugger attack him and uh even though detectives uh ikari and uh i forgot the other guy's name anyway you know who i'm talking about um even the detectives are Maniwa. Even the detectives Ikari and Maniwa are like, why are they always so like? Why do the victims always seem so like happy with their situation? Like, who would want to get hit with who? Why is the outcome of getting hit with a baseball bat, which must hurt like a fucker, um, why is that causing these people to be happy <laughs> or relieved? I think is one of the words they use. But can we talk about this this break? Because it's very... It goes crazy. First, she tries to, like, erase the message. She starts going crazy and hitting the button over and over again. And then suddenly, the voice isn't on the message. It's in her head. And uh, she's doing the fight club thing. Where, like, she's actually she's physically fighting, fighting with herself, with herself yeah. while seeing versions of herself. Spoiler alert for fight club. <laughs> Kaiser Soze is a split personality. Yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and then she goes Joker. Yes, that was very... <laughs> she, did you... She lives in a society. Well, I also have not seen Joker, so I can't... Uh, can't. Boy, how am I supposed to talk to you? I mean... <laughs> you haven't seen Joker, you haven't seen Wolf of Wall you Street. You could take my kids all off these, of, off of me for like a bro, year, and then maybe I'd be able to... All these alpha bro things you're just missing. There may be a reason for that. I don't I don't know why. Um, 
But back to um, it's because you're beta. That's why. Damn. <laughs> Slow your roll. Um, I, why do you think that? I mean, because this is before Joker itself. Like, why is why does she? I mean, it doesn't predate the comic book character Joker, but I get. But what why you're does saying. she do this to her face? Like, what what is Satoshi Kondra? Or, or I don't know if he directed this episode. I presume he did, but. Um, what what are the what are they trying yeah, to say? Yeah, because right? I didn't get if there was something there, I didn't get it. Uh, it's clownish looking. Yeah, but neither neither character represents as a clown. Is this something that? Right. So um, maybe is this something that um, that she does that Harumi does deliberately to herself to to to. I would think like it would be like if you're trying to represent that you're having a mental break, you would do something to yourself that looks breakish, like. And this seems very, like she's breaking, she's broken, right? Mentally, she's snapped. When I watched the scene, I didn't think there was anything pre-calculated about it. Um, it's hard to say, but I suppose if you were struggling between two people to try to make your face look a certain way, that if having a non-steady hand might like i guess but you're stretching there was like white pancake up. makeup and then red diamonds on the eyes and the orange and the green mouth or something well it's clownish and monstrous and and it's yeah but it, I mean, you it cannot looks like the face of madness you don't end up with a face full of makeup like that that's not premeditated is my point yes but nothing she does is premeditated it would well, seem well no the because... two separate personalities that each manifest but when they manifest they're very internally consistent fair enough <laughs> but i don't think you're right here because i think that she's she's so wrapped up in this struggle between her personalities that she's probably not even aware of what she's doing with her hands or doing with her body. It's either that or it was Maria who wanted to make her look foolish who did her face like that. Because one thing that happens throughout the episode is she keeps dropping time. Um, she'll be in a place, she'll be trying on a wedding dress, and then suddenly she's she's Maria and she's somewhere else. Or A lot of times she reappears in front of Yuichi and she's like, where have I been? What is going on? And can I just say, Luchi being a little bitch boy <laughs> uh, confirms a lot of our feelings about him from the previous episode, <laughs> when he's just like, Sensei, I think you're the one who needs a doctor. <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought his manifestations, though, were... Uh... His? Sorry. What do you oh, mean? Oh, sorry, who are you referring to again? Oh, the time keeps slipping for Harumi. Where she's somewhere and then she loses yes, time. Yes, she's losing time. And then she wakes up. She wakes up in front of Yuichi, and for some reason, like he's in bed, he's the victim. Yeah, no, that's he still kind of sounds like a little shit. Yeah, he he does. That's what I was talking about. I was talking about Yuichi. I'm sorry. I I didn't feel that Yuichi's like previous in the previous episode where we were in Yuichi's head. Um, we got to hear his manifestation of his sort of really bullyish and self-centered thoughts but here you know when he's talking to harumi and talking about how he's sort of relieved like to me that felt more like a little boy again like he was free he really was freed of a lot of that psychic pressure that was being put on himself 
Because there was a release valve, right? I don't disagree, but I think he sounds cocky. Well, maybe the, maybe this is the difference between the Japanese versus the English. That's possible. That's very possible. I don't because know. I would we say have had several times where they kind of clashed the in, with each the other. Intonate, I actually think that the voice dubbing um, of this series is some of the best that I've seen. Um, in oh, the good. sense of like, I feel that I don't feel that I'm getting short shrift on my voice actors. I feel that they are nuanced and the emphasis is correct and the the tone is right. So, how were the sexual moans? Because um, Kotono Mitsuishi is just she's a god. <laughs> she's a goddess when it comes to moaning sexually. She did it in Evangelion. She's done it in other works. Uh, I've probably heard her do it more times than I care to admit. Um, and her voice is just heavenly. Wow. Well, I I actually didn't think there was a tremendous amount of time spent on the sexual moaning. So I did not make it a point to... It's at the beginning of the yeah, episode, it is. Though, so you kind of like notice it because it, well, it's it, overlaid on top of video it is true that the, that's showing you uh, the guy's figurines. Right. Um, the, the episode starts out in sort of a, more aggressively than you're used to seeing, especially when you're looking at animated stuff. If you're not expecting hardcore, it starts out pretty hardcore in this one. And I actually think it's interesting that... Um, that Maria, uh-huh. like Maria, has sex with this. She's she's being a prostitute. She has sex with this like gross dude who is clearly into his figurines, but she doesn't seem at all grossed out or disturbed by the fact that that's what happened. Like, like she just she's like, oh, I'm gonna go take a shower now, and then she leaves, and she's just ready for her next job. She doesn't she doesn't express. There's no like. Working she for feels a living. very business-like. Right. The difference is, I think she's taking her own pleasure at the time. She really is. Maria is taking her pleasure out of this, as opposed to um, this being drudgery, or this being a job that she's not enjoying. Like she, I think Maria's definitely enjoying herself. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that. One of the more fun aspects of, of that voice actor, Koto no Mitsuishi, is that she tends to play characters that have sort of a lust for life. Um, and she also plays messed up people <laughs> who have like another side to them. Like a, like Misato from the Evangelion is both like the life of the party and also a bit of a reclusive like fuck up. But she's also like the boss. She's also like a girl boss. So like... She brings a lot to the table, and here she gets to play two different sides of the same character. It's very Stephen King-like, this whole setup, actually. <laughs> like the dark half or something. I don't know if that's beyond our audience's knowledge base. but So let's talk about Little Slugger here for a moment. Okay, let's um, talk about Little Slugger. I mean, he only appears solution... very briefly. Right, so we've speculated in the previous episodes that... Little Slugger is the manifestation of an external... It's not a real um, person who's out there assaulting. Or it's, is it? It may, be, it may be somebody... You know, it may be a manifestation of these people's psyches. Um, but And I was, I was arguing the real person from the first episode. Um, in the second one, there was a lot of, you know, is it or isn't it? Uh, 
But here, this one feels so much more uh, like the argument is that it is definitely um, not a real person. That Harumi essentially causes her own psychic break and then th that break, yeah. that release is the manifestation of Little Slugger for her. Um, although it's very unclear to me that that Harumi is cured by this. Like, yeah, she has a breakdown in the middle of the street, but I don't feel like there's a lot of follow-up and my and the basic understanding that we have of um, her split personality is it's not at all clear to me that this is going to cure what ails her. No, it doesn't feel like that, does it? I mean, she is seeing professional... She's seeking... She has been seeing someone professionally and... Uh, her illness is clinical like i don't i don't think i mean unless it was a mental block that has been physically beaten out of her uh i don't see this as as a full long-term solution uh another note before we kind of move on I just want to say that there is a scene where an old man is scribbling on the floor and he's drawing animals. And it's the same seer from the previous episode. Ah, uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, and you, you might not get the reference there, but Chono has the word Cho in it, which means butterfly. Um, and he's drawing a butterfly. And the other characters all have animal-related names. I know I said that Sagi. Sagi Tsukiko was um, meant fraud, and it does, but it also means like a heron, like a bird. So, uh, and I told you that the other guy Kawazu was a frog. So it's just a it's just a neat little bit of like foreshadowing or building towards something that they put in the show. I don't even actually know what it means, having watched the whole thing. But you know, maybe I will with you discover that. Anyway, um, this episode ends, though, as you were kind of leading up to. This episode ends with Shonen Bat getting caught. <laughs> yeah, so that was... But you don't get a lot of... Um, there's some implied connection between all of the uh, yeah. people who've been... who've suffered assaults. And I... I mean, while we know sort of how they're connected it's very tangential and so it's not i'm curious like they they imply it they they discuss how they're that they are related but you don't actually understand how they are connected well on the one hand you have the one detective who's like well probably the girl like the girl took out herself or she she was involved with this guy and those two are kind of like a pair of an incident and then the boy and the other boy were a pair in an incident and he thinks he's got it all organized like that that like there's like there's only like one real attack here or there right but right. then he gets uh he gets the call about harumi and suddenly he has a third connection there <laughs> that connects that connects yuichi back to this teacher now and now that doesn't make sense so but just as they're about to like go in there and, and put out their theories, they 
that guy that Harumi was sleeping with earlier in the episode, the one that wanted him to call her daddy, or that she called daddy, he uh, is the one who caught Shonen Bat, or Little Slugger. And that's where we're going to leave off until the next episode. Is there anything else you want to say about this one? I really like the the uh, the way the messages played out. I thought that was a clever way of getting around sort of like the the back and forth like dialogue between two opposing forces or like the tape recorder. Or We've like talked notes. about that before, you know, with the, the the two they would leave notes for each other in their phones. What was it in was it in your name? Yeah, yeah. It's I, uh, I like this I, I like this because it's audio. Mm-hmm. And it also gives you the visual of like an answering machine in the dark, which has always been a kind of cool I've always liked that image, um, but it's kind of dated. Like, I don't know oh, if, like... Oh, it absolutely is. There's so... I mean, you know, our kids growing up were kind of like an answering machine. Like, what are you talking about? This is all digital. There's no such thing as an answering machine. Who, who uses the phone? That's a question. That's a real question you have to ask eventually. Like... Uh, the phone will exist. Audio communication will exist. That That's not going away. I think the... The issue is that it's all going to be video calls going forward. Let me tell you, that's that's my place of employ. All of our calls yeah. are video calls. But I have to it's, say that, uh, like, I do not answer my fucking phone. Like, because that's where the spam comes from. Like, unless I know specifically who's calling, I'm, like, not answering it, dude. I, I, don't, I will answer the phone periodically. But in general, like, if I call you, you'll pick up. If you call me, I might pick up. But also, if I'm working, uh, no. It's like, I just know it's going to be spam like 90% of the time. Anyway, uh, we didn't talk about ourselves this uh, at the top of the episode, but I just wanted to say that I started watching a new anime that just came out called uh, Wonder Egg Priority. (laughs) Wonder Egg Priority. But don't say anything. I am going to try and guess <laughs> yes, please. what this is about. Wonder Egg Priority. You will never get it. So. <laughs> Even I don't know. I mean, exactly right off the bat, about. I would go with this is a short order cook. Ooh. Who has. Um, in like a develops magical powers but can't reveal them in his or her place of employ and becomes known it's a it's a breakfast joint at a high volume area and uh and essentially all sorts of hijinks ensue this is a comedy all right there we go that that was my that's what i get from wonder egg priority i like this game uh you're not right (laughs) there's no guy in the show so far um it's just this girl with two different colored eyes i forgot that's called uh something iridium something pigmented yeah um you know david bowie had it so one eye is like uh, orangey and one eye is blue and she seems to have been a target of bullying because of it but i'm not sure if that's like why would why would people bully someone for that in this day and age? Like, everybody wants to stand out. Everyone wants to be unique and have their, like, thousands of followers on Instagram. Like, I, I think that anything that separates you at this point is probably good. And I don't even know if kids go to school to be bullied at this point. But, uh, anyway, she 
she gets an egg from a dream and she wishes for a best friend and it she cracks it open and she's sort of in a dream realm and she has this new best friend uh, that she has to protect from these marauding uh, little killer dudes that she calls looking away like minai furi like uh, pretending not to see and uh, they attack her but supposedly she's invincible from their attacks uh, she lost her friend previously and is this like when we're talking about attacking is tragedy. this like medieval is it tragedy. like horror is it yeah there's an aspect of... of horror to it there's blood lots of blood and the attacks are violent with knives they they're the people that she sees in the dream realm uh, don't have faces they have pixelated faces and they're always smiling so lots of that like psycho japan imagery uh, it's by one of my favorite uh, drama writers. His name is Nojima Shinji. And uh, he tends to do stories that have societal... That, that, that cover parts of society that maybe don't get a lot of mainstream attention. Or uh, like he did something on kids with Down syndrome. He did a story about... Um, there was a, a movement of like Lolita fashion and lifestyle. He did something with a character like that before anybody else did. Um, I always liked his dramas because they were a little bit easier to understand and they were full of misery. <laughs> this one seems to be gearing up to be the same. But basically, I guess every episode she's going to have a new egg and a new like goal to protect what happens when she successfully protects her friend? Does the friend she fly bursts away? into like goo, basically? That's um not what I generally look for in my friends. <laughs> but most of my friends don't come from eggs, so I guess I can't really. Yeah, you know what really bothered me more than anything is like she has an egg and she's like sleeping with it, and then. She thinks of putting it in the water to, like, heat it up, but she's afraid it'll boil. That makes sense. But then, like, instead of, like, incubating it or doing anything you would do to hatch an egg, she takes the advice of some toilet paper and smashes it against the wall. <laughs> some talking toilet paper, if I may. Yeah. Anyway, I'm down. I'm down for this series. I'm ready to uh, theorize. I'm ready to get my notebook out. And Well, uh, maybe you can bring some of those um, great insights here. You can give me sort of a mini... Uh, I'll tell you the title mini... each week and you can kind of guess what happens based on it. <laughs> I am... I mean, now I know sort of the background and I'll try. Anyway, uh, you watching anything or... Okashiku Ikoyo! Okashiku Ikoyo! <laughs> Wait, don't do that. We have to do the Twitter throw.